0: Welcome to the 5 and 5 Live. It's Tony Burke here. I'm joining you straight after question time on Thursday the 15th of February to update you on what's happened last, in the last week here in the House of Representatives and I am joined today by my friend, the Labor member for Parramatta, Andrew Charlton. Welcome. Great to be with you, Tony. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed in the opening titles hearing me, my
1: band play play. was me on guitar there. Very impressive. In fact, I had feedback that your practice session this week was very lively and a real success. (laughs) Obviously, you're doing something right.
0: I I realised what we've done to the offices near where we practice (laughs) because I said to – it was one one of the Teal Crossbenchers, Kylie Tinker – I said to her, "Oh, we were practicing the other night." And she said, "No, no, no! I heard you. <laughs> I, I know." And she said, "And you're learning a new song." <laughs> she's <laughs> got some com- notes. As no, well. no, no! She's completely worked out <laughs> our playlist. So. so there we go. Anyway, we've had we didn't get to do this last week because last week uh, we had the closing loopholes legislation going through uh, in the Senate. So I was I was flat out at the time that we'd normally record the podcast. So we will we will cover this week but I may occasionally reflect back on last week as well but what we do is we go through the five best and the five worst but we don't actually count we count in the email we don't count here so let's start with the best Did you prefer that guitar or the first bit? Uh, I preferred the first bit of guitar. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, no worries. No, no, I, I can take that. That's fine. <laughs> okay, so in terms of things
1: that you you thought were some of the best moments in the Parliament this week, Andrew, where would you start? Well, look, I think that this was a really great week for Australia. Um, we passed two really important pieces of legislation and, frankly, they're the kinds of pieces of legislation that make you proud to be a member of parliament because they genuinely change the nation. And one of those that I felt really strongly about was the piece of legislation that you passed, which is the closing loopholes legislation. Now, the Australian workplace has changed so much over the last 20 years and it has not been modernised to keep up with those changes And the legislation you passed was, I think, incredibly balanced, appropriate and necessary. And you did what many other countries have failed to do, which is really strike a balance in the gig economy, which recognises all the good things that the gig economy delivers to us, like flexibility, but builds in basic decencies, protections... Uh, which we all have come to expect from jobs. Really great piece of legislation.
0: Thanks, Andrew. And and in fairness, let's uh, acknowledge that before you came to Parliament, one of the areas that you'd done research on was exactly this, dealing with the fact that gig workers don't want to be turned into employees generally. Most of them like the flexibility, but they want some minimum standards in there as well.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, people like the – you know, there have been many workers, the TWU, many other unions – have been advocating for these changes for a long time. I was one of those voices saying we should keep the best of the gig economy but retrofit back in the things that we all appreciate as inherent in decent jobs. And this legislation, thanks to you, has just delivered that and, frankly, it's a really proud moment for our country.
0: Thanks, Andrew. I really appreciate that. Can we deal with the second bit of legislation that yes. has only, only just gone through a few hours ago?
1: Yeah, well, fantastic to have uh, Albanese Labor government tax cuts that are going to mean that more Australians keep more of what they earn and directly address the cost of living crisis. Mm. As you know, Tony, right across Australia there are people hurting, they're wondering how they're going to pay the rent, they're wondering if they're going to be able to afford groceries. And so the Albanese Labor tax cuts will make a huge difference to Australians who are struggling with the cost of living and it was a great moment just today to get those tax cuts passed. It was was
0: interesting having a week where we start – yeah, that that concept of wanting people to earn more and keep more of what they earn. Mm. Monday we passed the bill for people to earn more. Thursday we passed the bill for people to keep more of their more of what they earn. We voted yes both times, and we're really happy about it. The coalition voted yes once, no another time, but we're angry consistently <laughs> whether they. <laughs> I don't think they really support these tax cuts. I've never seen somebody support something and be simultaneously so cranky about it.
1: I mean, it's been hilarious this week watching the opposition complain about the tax cuts from every possible angle – only to vote for them. It's been an extraordinary display of incoherence on the part of, of the op- opposition. And as you say, the only thing they're consistent about is their anger. The, uh, Ed Husick had a bit
0: of fun at that today. We, we, we don't often talk about the Star of Lennon in question time, <laughs> but, but I loved it when Ed said this.
1: And the member for Hume, Order. boy, you've had a good week. The member for Hume, our good friend, breathlessly attacking us on Sky News, including a bizarre reference to the PM studying Marxist economics, the star of Lenin, friends, the star of Lenin goes to this man, who has has socialised the means of overreaction.
0: And so that's a clear reference there to, to, it's the member for Hume, that's Angus Taylor. Uh, where the overreaction has just been extraordinary about how angry and furious he is about something while at the same time supporting it, angry that we've changed our position, where obviously if he's supporting it, it means he's changed his as well. And and then we had... Now, I'm going to go into parliamentary procedure oddity, but this is the one podcast in Australia where the listeners go with you on this. <laughs> Anywhere else, it's, it, it, you mustn't do it. Well, but, welcome,
1: friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had... Uh, we had amendments moved today, and I've not seen this before. Sometimes a minister's not available to move an amendment, so they've circulated, and someone else has to move it on their behalf. They might have been called home, or uh, they might be in an interview or at an official event or something. Today, we had two backbenchers from the coalition, Keith Wallahan and Garth Hamilton, move resolutions amendments to the tax bill on behalf of Angus Taylor. While Angus was in the room, and there was a great line from the PM, where he was just saying, "Yeah, just be aware here, yeah." If someone circulates something and they're here and they're not going to move it, you're being set up.
1: You're being set up. And Look, as a backbencher, I feel sorry for those Liberal backbenchers who took that hospital pass. <laughs> I hope no-one ever does that to me. No, 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 you'll be, you'll, you'll,
0: you'll be fine. You'll, you'll be fine. I think Jim really nailed it today.
1: Mr Speaker, we want
0: more people to earn more and to keep more of what they earn. Yeah. Those opposite want people working longer for less. And after all of their whimpering, Mr Speaker, after all their whimpering and all of their Order, whinging, the, that's what the this boils down to, Mr Speaker. First they rolled over and now they want to roll back, Mr Speaker. <laughs> it was Brian Mitchell who really summarised for me uh, what Angus Taylor was up to this week, where he said to me, uh, Scott Morrison wanted to do everybody's job, Angus Taylor doesn't even want to do his own. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, Angus Taylor is on a pretty tough wicket because... He has continually forecast doom and gloom for the Australian economy. When you were putting through the last chance, the last tranche of workplace reforms, he said it was going to kill jobs and lift unemployment. And in fact, we've had an absolute jobs boom in that time. He he was
0: actually calm compared to Michaelia Cash. Michaelia
1: (laughs) Michaelia doubled it up again. He was the moderate one in that conversation. (laughs) But he has to deal with the fact that Labor has delivered first budget surplus in 15 years, record low levels of unemployment record high levels of the ASX in your portfolio a jobs boom fastest wage growth in 15 years so I don't envy Angus Taylor <laughs> having to having to phase into that as the uh, shadow treasurer
0: okay look let's move on from the legislation because on Tuesday it was the 16th anniversary of the national apology to the the stolen generation it's been you know a feature each year that we we always acknowledge this and I I think you know a speech from the PM really important, and then uh, there there is something there is something about Linda Burney uh, that just brings an an authority to what needs to be done.
1: Yeah, she has a great moral authority that I think resonates right across Australia, and it's terrific to do this annual recognition of the apology. It was such a seminal moment in Australian history when it was delivered back in 2008, and it also has a very practical purpose of reminding us of the progress that we've made and the progress that we still have to make to support our Indigenous brothers and sisters.
2: 16 years ago, one word changed our country forever. Sorry. It was not about guilt or blame. It was about facing up to the true history of this nation. Above all, it was about people people like the Stolen Generation survivors and their families who join us today. As we reflect on one of the most tragic, brutal and damaging chapters of Australia's story, the shadow of this history is cast long and falls not only on on those who were taken but through the intergenerational trauma that was unleashed in our families and communities. To those from the stolen generations and your families, I acknowledge your strength, your courage, and your resilience.
0: The other thing that happened this week was there was a fair bit going on about Peter Dutton's record. Peter Dutton's record in health and Peter Dutton's record in home affairs. Uh, Mark Butler uh, made this great reference that to, Describe the decade of decline in health without mentioning Peter Dutton would be like like speaking about the Super Bowl without mentioning Taylor Swift, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> Taylor Swift was always going to feature in Parliament this week. I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be difficult to get into many conversations without Taylor coming up at the moment. Uh, but then Claire O'Neill uh, had the Richardson review, and I've got to say the the contents of that review. I just found chilling. This is taxpayers' dollars when Peter Dutton was the minister uh, going to companies engaged in really serious criminal activities including drug smuggling, arms
1: dealing, money laundering. Well, you're right. Peter Dutton was the minister for Home Affairs for a long time and it's actually only since he's left that portfolio that we have had a look under the hood and just seen what a mess he left. I mean, this review was very concerning, as was the Nixon review, as was the Parkinson review, showing a department that was in a really terrible state of affairs under his leadership.
0: Now, I have realised at this point in the podcast that I never transitioned to the worst, and that's another little guitar riff, so I think we sort of moved to the worst once we started this. We're going to play the music now. Okay, what would you think of that music? Fantastic. Loved it. love it, one? Okay, we're back on track. We're back on track now. Really unusually, in the middle of uh, Parliament on Wednesday, a motion passed the House of Representatives, moved by a crossbencher. Normally, that's government business time on a Wednesday. Do you want to take us through what happened?
1: Well, Julian Assange has uh, now been incarcerated in various forms for such a long time. Obviously, a lot of people have different views on uh, Julian Assange as a person, but Really, most of the parliament came together uh, this week to say enough is enough and it's time to bring Julian Assange home. And it was a great moment in the parliament because we had lots of different people from different parts of the parliament, different backgrounds, different parties, including uh, a Liberal uh, MP, all saying it's time to bring Julian Assange home.
0: We might finish with something that didn't technically happen within the parliament, but I think fairly dominated the week. Uh, and, of course, we're talking about the Greek god of vengeance, well, Nemesis. Well, Nemesis. Well,
1: for everybody listening, the, uh, the thing that happened right around Parliament this week was the Nemesis ABC program, which was reflecting on the three liberal terms of government that we have just lived through. And it was an absolute cracker. Uh, yeah, for me, the number one moment that stuck out was when Malcolm Turnbull was asked to sum up Peter Dutton in one word.
0: And it's a big thing for Malcolm to only use one word. <laughs> exactly. I've known Malcolm a very long time. <laughs>
1: exactly. And he paused, a couple of seconds went by, he looked straight down the barrel of the camera and he said, Thug.
0: It's, uh, I might, I might um, break the rules a little bit. I had a little bit to say about the TV program last week, but I didn't get it onto the podcast, so I'll sneak that bit in now. The true nature of Australian stories needs to be told, and we saw with Nemesis in only the first two episodes that we've had so far that when they say what they're like in terms of taxes, we saw the first thing they did when they got into office, put taxes up and flatline wages. We saw when they talk about their concerns about industrial action We were reminded when they didn't like Malcolm Turnbull, they went on strike, shut down the entire parliament because they didn't like their boss. And we then saw, with all the complaints we watched last night about the ABC from the Leader of the Opposition, that it's actually the one network that has provided a program where no one other than members of the Liberal and National parties is heard. No one else says a word and it's the most devastating thing for the Liberal and National brand you could ever see. But... I know there's three episodes, but I think we're hoping for a fourth. I think we're hoping for a fourth, because (laughs) we we have—I know Star Wars was episode four in New Hope. This could be episode four, thug, Thug. where we get to see the reality of what's said versus what happens. Because last night the Leader of the Opposition said, we are more united than ever in the Liberal Party. Nobody is looking backwards, and he's right. Because except for the Deputy Leader of the Opposition, the member for Riverina, the member for New England, the member for Hume, the member for Petrie, the member for Canning, the member for McPherson, the member for Leichhardt, the member for Deakin, Senator Cash, Senator Reynolds, Senator Birmingham, Senator McGrath—except for them, no one's looking backwards at all—not one, absolutely none of them. The Leader of the Opposition also said they're a united party—a united party that since the election is four members smaller in terms of losing the former member for Aston, the member for Kalea went to the crossbench, the member for Monash and Senator Van. Six front benches gone, two of which he doesn't have the courage to replace. But it ended... It ended... It ended with a cliffhanger. Episode two had the cliffhanger, he's going to smile more. And we all know how that ended. And every time someone would refer... To Nemesis, you'd look across their backbench and everyone had a radically different expression. Uh, there were – no matter who you were quoting, there was someone really glad that they'd let it out and someone furious that it had been said. And then Paul Fletcher would get up to take his point of order. and I still can't work out – like, he never appeared on the program – I'm just wondering if he did do eight hours of interviews and none of it they could put to air. <laughs> it was all too boring. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> anyway, that's a five and five for the week. We now get to pick our songs of the week and uh, what's your choice and why?
1: Well, over the next two weeks, uh, Taylor Swift is coming to Australia and more than half a million Australians are going to go and see Taylor Swift. So this week uh, I think it's only appropriate to have a Taylor Swift song and mine is Speak Now. Taylor's version. Well, they've all
0: got to be Taylor's version. (laughs) I I know the rule and I know the comments we'll get if we don't. Uh, I'll go with the Taylor Swift song as well. One of the things that happened leading into this week was Angus Taylor made clear when he was talking about what they were going to use do in industrial relations and what they'd promise at the next election, he used the word targeted. And we've been wanting to know what they do, but you know Peter Dutton has already started to, to fill in the blanks there and make clear that right to disconnect, that concept that you're allowed to have your time off, that you're meant to be paid when you're working. Uh, they've already said they want to reverse that, but there'll be more that they'll come after wages, they'll come after job security. Uh, they have opposed very loudly the tax cuts, the changes to wages. And so for all of that, as they start to fill in the blank space... Taylor Swift blank space but once again it's got to be Taylor's version Absolutely. I don't I don't want to get in trouble no, for anyone Hey thanks everybody for listening. uh Parliament's Parliament's off only for a week I think this time and then we'll be back here talk to you then thanks heaps